down Some way simple, some profound But I always have you Hey, Broadway Christian Church. We hope you are doing well today. I am here with uh, some of our, our dear friends, other members at uh, Broadway Christian Church for um, a conversation today. Uh, Shane Berkey and Roland Stuckey, uh, Sage San Martin and Sandy Payton. Um, over the last couple of months, and especially over the last two weeks, uh, I have had a lot of conversations with members of our church about uh, their thoughts and opinions about what are hap what's happening right now, what's happening in our world, um, how the church should or should not act in response to that. Um, I know a lot of our staff and other elders have had conversations as well. And uh, what I've begun to sense is uh, there is just some kind of growing questions and perhaps some growing um, division underneath the surface I think that's in many ways um, because of the fact that we aren't face to face with one another and we haven't had the opportunity to see one another. And there's something that happens when we're together face to face or when we have a conversation with somebody that we disagree with, but we're looking them in the eye and articulating that something changes in us. And um, with our, in the world of social media and the way that news runs right now, um, it really doesn't give much opportunity for, uh, for nuance or deeper thought. And what we find ourselves in is just um, setting ourselves up in different camps. Um, I know uh, these four people have uh, one camp that they want to be a part of, and that's the, the camp of loving and honoring Jesus. And I know that that's our part of Broadway. And uh, I also know that all four of these folks have different thoughts and opinions about particular ways that they've chosen to act in their own life or ways that they um, feel like the church should respond or the way the church should be acting right now or what we should be doing. And so I've just asked them today to come on and to share their heart and to share their concerns, what's been some of the concerns that they've had on their heart over the last couple of months and uh, to also share how those concerns have, um, have led them to, to act, how to be right now um, in a way that loves God and loves their neighbor. And so thank you all for hopping on. So I told myself that I was going to uh, choose who got to talk first by the one who was in the top left-hand corner. And so I was going to let God decide who goes first. And Shane, that's you. So, Shane, <laughs> I'm sure that was exactly. I was really hoping that. No, I was really hoping that I got to be last. <laughs> you want to pass? <laughs> um, Shane, yeah, if you're willing, can you share just what's been on your heart and your concern during this season? Sure. I mean, that's kind of a it's a broad question. Um, and one that I don't know that I can completely articulate, but um, I mean, I guess in general, I think that um, I would say that I'm more, well, I don't want to put people in a box. Um, I, I'm less concerned. I'm, my biggest concern is I think that the church, this is an opportunity for us to show faith and show that God is bigger than this. Um, this, this is a virus, this is something that 
yes, unfortunately, people are getting sick and people are dying from it. But God is still bigger than that. Um, and so we can exercise caution and we can be wise in our actions. Um, but are we, are we trusting him or are we trusting in ourselves and trusting in what our own efforts? Um, and so I would say that, I mean, overall, that's my greatest concern. Um, I mean, obviously we're following the directions given to us. Um, kids have been home, you know, but, um, just wanting you know, my days were numbered before there was even one of them. Mm-hmm. And and I really believe that. And I believe in God's sovereignty. Um, and even as some decisions have been made, my daughter even said to me the one night, she says, well, why wouldn't we be able to go back when we were talking about church? Why wouldn't we be able to go back? Don't they believe that God is sovereign? Mm. Um, and so that, I mean, that, that's the kind of the tone of the conversations here at our house. Um, coworkers who have said, I would hate to have young kids right now and try to explain to them mm-hmm. all of this. To us, it hasn't been that big of a deal simply because it's part of our ongoing living and really trusting that, um, that all we do is under God's control and is under his, his loving faithful plan and I need to trust that and sometimes life isn't very pretty and sometimes really harmful hurtful things happen um but I trust that he he is in the details and that I can trust him with my every bit of my being um whether that's my parents life whether that's my kids life whether that's my own life um that doesn't mean that I need to be stupid and that I'm going to go run out in front of a car because I believe God's going to save me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's measures within that, but ultimately he's, he's in the details and that he'll use whatever it is. If I get sick, if one of my kids gets sick, he'll use it for our good and his glory. And um, to live with Christ, to die is gain. <laughs> I mean, I remember the first night that we did the youth talent show and everybody had gloves on and somebody walked by that was buying a water and she said i don't understand why why do we want to stay here so bad you know if if we get sick we get to go be with jesus and i just thought it caught me by god you know i um it caught me when she said it and i gave pause to that and i thought it's true you know, why do we try so hard to stay here in this fallen world, and and yet he, um, God's got this. So I, I guess that's kind of where I would, what I would start with. Yeah. Thank you, Shane. Love your heart, sister. Roland, you're next. Can you uh, just share generally some of your your concerns and thoughts about what's what's happening these days what's what's been the the main concern of roland's heart right now um yeah i guess i i just want to um preface my uh concerns with a couple of things Uh, i'm not gonna throw out a lot of statistics but i think we all know that this virus uh 
primarily is killing people that are 60 and over. People who are under 40 generally uh, come through it just fine. And the, the second thing is that there are a lot of people, they think there are a lot of people out there who carry the virus and are not aware of it. So my concern would be that as we open things up, and, and I think it's probably time, I agree with the governor's plan to start opening things up and uh, with have less restrictions, but I think my concern is that we uh, don't just say we're done with this, we're not going to use masks anymore, we're not going to wash our hands, we're not going to use social distancing. Um, we may need to do it more than ever um, as we're coming into contact more with each other. And then along with that, uh, I think uh, I want to avoid the mentality that we just need to trust God rather than take these precautions. And, and I saw a post on Facebook that I just like to uh, read a few lines from. It kind of illustrates my feeling about doing what we can to uh, take precautions. This is supposedly was a post from a Tennessee pastor. It goes like this. I trust God, but I wear my seatbelt. Mm -hmm. I trust God, but I wear my motorcycle helmet. I trust God, but there are enough life jackets in my boat for everyone on board. I trust God, but I use mitts with really hot dishes. I trust God, but I lock my house at night. So you kind of get the drift. We, we do what we can, but we still trust God. So that's that's kind of my heart today. Yeah. Thanks, Roland. Sage, you're next. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, I think one distinction that I feel like is important is our individual response to a pandemic and society's response as a whole. And one thing start looking at how society responds, you instantly are in the realm of politics. And that's clearly not what we're talking about today. That's, as a Christian, our relationship to politics is a very broad, big topic. Um, I think the way that I think, I think what is a, a more theological concern is looking at our response to government in general. Um, Romans 13 says there's no authority except what God has put in place. And God puts government in place for our protection, to punish people that do evil. So it's protecting human life, protecting safety, protecting the innocent and hopefully enforcing justice. Um, so that's, that's, I think, why we would trust the government when all they tell us 
everybody needs to stay inside. Everybody needs to shut their business. Um, we need to radically change how we live our lives, how we, how we function as a society. Um, the reason we would not have riding the streets, or at least as Christians, we could go along with that because we're trusting God has put these people in authority. So we're, you know, it's a way we're trusting God uh, and then trusting these people by proxy. But then on the flip side of that, people are fallen. Governments make mistakes. These are imperfect people. The, the experts that they put there have made many mistakes. We've seen that. Uh, you know, the projections initially, why we all started going on lockdown was two to four million Americans we did at this point, even doing the lockdown. And we know the numbers, it's like, you know, it's so much less than that, um, not to minimize human life at all, but I'm just saying they were clearly wrong about the, the scale, the scope, the, the, this overwhelming number of two to four million people, I mean, the size of, you know, like half of Los Angeles. I mean, it's just this huge, really apocalyptic level of, of human life lost. And now we've seen that those were not correct. The number is approaching 100,000. I don't know where it's at, at the, up to the second. So it's worse than the flu. Um, but we can at least be honest and say they were, they were wrong. They've made mistakes. So a way to counterbalance that, I think, is like Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he talks about common grace. This is God gives wisdom to everyone, even to unbelievers. He gives them, they have minds, they can reason. Um, I'm reading here Matthew 5, 45. The Father who is in heaven causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So everyone, God gives gifts to everyone. And we all can evaluate uh, things like the lockdown, things like wearing masks for ourselves. And we can say, okay, our, uh, is this something that is protecting people's health? Is this in some way unnecessary? And we can evaluate these things, and I think, I think it is important that we evaluate them. So I guess my, in terms of my concern, would be that in our, in everyone's sincere efforts to protect people's lives, there, I, I'm concerned that we might have focused, put so much focus on limiting deaths from COVID-19 that we might be causing harm in other ways. Um, we're, we're approaching, uh, we're between 30 to 40% unemployment in Amer for America. And just along with a, a recession or large amounts of unemployment, you get more deaths from suicide and drug overdose. So these are things we know. So if we overemphasize one cause of death, due to predictions that we now know were greatly like multiples and multiples 
above what actually happened, we could be causing a lot of other deaths. And it's, so it's not a simple binary choice. It, it's, it's a very complicated thing to try to, uh, you know, engineer a solution for all of society. Mm -hmm. Very complicated. And if you focus too much on one factor, you could exacerbate other things. So my concern primarily at this point is about the economy and that we're going to have, we're going to have a big, um, we're going to have a death toll associated with that as well. And I feel like we need to, uh, you know, look to the government to help. I mean, they have information that none of us do. And we still trust that God has put them there for our protection. But I think it, we have to also evaluate the, the effect of the government policies. Thanks, Sage, for bringing that perspective. I think that's, that's important to consider that um, our concerns are not just spiritual, you know, as if this just has to do with, you know, my relationship with God and that the economy and politics, that all comes under our, our life as followers of Jesus and how we understand that. So thanks for bringing that to our attention. So, Sandy, what's... Uh, What's your, what's been your biggest concern on your heart these days? In all honesty. In all honesty. Is the salvation of my children. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of on the way, wrong way, but, um, uh, you know, I, I like the idea that, you know, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Um, I'm, you know, from the beginning, I said, you know, okay, I die, I die. Our days are numbered. It's all good. But as it's played out, I've got to see, I have lots of children. <laughs> I've got to see how each different ones of them handled it um, from those that are very um, still active and out in their lives as much as they can be within their lives. And then those that are very cautious, even in my young children. <laughs> They're young to me. I just see so many differences. I have friends. I have a friend. I'm not sure she's ever going to go out again. Um, I, I've seen, and then I have other friends who go every day buying groceries for others. I just, I just see all of it. Um, I feel like my peace is in the Lord. But a couple years ago, Tim's mom and she, she, through it, really presented something to me. And I am getting on the older end. We can all, we can all say that. It's okay. But her fear was not in dying. She wanted to die very badly. She was ready to go to heaven. But it was how you died that bothered her. And as the descriptions of the virus came out, I must admit I wasn't excited about dying as they described in ICU. It wasn't the way I want to go. Am I totally up here that? I still go out and do things. I'm admit to enjoying the senior season times when there's less people around. Um, but um, I don't know. It's okay. I was shocked at the elders in their slow progression coming back. I was uh, kind of pleased and um, 
amazed at what I felt like was a, a kind of a wise, cautious response. Uh, you were, I don't know, I just, I just, I, I didn't expect that. I thought they would just open up the church. You know, I was like everybody else at one point where I was just like, yeah, I can't wait to get back and hug everybody. And as the time came here, I was like, is that the wise thing to do? Do people want me to do that? And I guess it's just, as I look at my children and how they're reacting to it, it's made me a little more, and all of us, I'm not seeing anybody else in it. A little more sensitive to concerns of others. They have children with asthma, they have children with Down syndrome. Others have healthy children. And how they take care of their family is strongly impacting how they react to the situation. And I honor all of them in their endeavors to love their family. I respect the church and their decisions. If they open up, I respect them in that. I can't guarantee I'll be back immediately. At the same time, it was hard to watch the service today and not be there. Um, yeah. Until then, I was really kind of, you know, I think I've decided I'm a bit more of an introvert than I realized. I've kind of, I've, I've had to work from home for years, for years, but I've got more done being at home better. Mm -hmm. um, but it was hard to watch the service. I wanted to go raise the banners this morning. Yeah. I felt called to do that. My husband said, you need to stay home. So I did. Um, that's where it's at. Sorry. No, that's great. Thank you. I was having a conversation with a, with a brother this past week um, who, over the course of the conversation, he said, you know, I feel like because I'm not choosing to follow the CDC guidelines for me, that everyone who is just thinks that I'm some sort of crazy conspiracy theorist. And he kind of talked on for a little bit. And I, I said to him, I said, I, I, I get how you feel, but let me say, I feel when I talk to folks like yourself, that because I'm showing caution, that you assume that my motivation is fear. And, um, and that that's not the case. And I think that a lot of us have have, and, and I speak to no one but myself here. <laughs> I know what I have done, and maybe I'm just projecting it on other people. I know that I have heard people's thoughts and have then projected what I assume their motivations are. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really dangerous place to go as followers of Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. I think we all, first of all, just, we ought to be assuming the best of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think we've heard here already, just going around this circle, that folks' motivations are, are not as black and white and clear as, you know, as um, they're nuanced. And there's a lot of stuff going on in here. And there's a lot of facts and information and misinformation that we're all trying to filter through. But at the end of the day, we're seeking to be faithful to Jesus, and um, we're, that's, that's what we want. Um, and so I'd like to ask a, a couple questions around um, how we respond to other people right now. Um, we may have, I, I'm a very healthy 40-year-old. So even if I didn't know about this thing called Jesus and get to go to heaven someday when I die, 
I still wouldn't be afraid right now. <laughs> um, I, I have a hope in Jesus. And so I've just had 0% fear about contracting the virus and getting the virus. I know if I do, and I happen to die from it, I'm going to go and be with the Lord. And that is better by far. But just even in general, just from a very earthly perspective, I'm unconcerned. But it seems to me that I, I have to ask second questions about the concerns, the vulnerabilities of other people around me. And Roland brought up an interesting point that while he agrees that we do need to begin opening up for a variety of reasons, that we may need to be practicing these measures even more than we were before. And so um, I, I'd be interested to hear um, maybe from Sage, what do you think about that? That notion that we have some second questions that we need to ask about not only my own well-being, but also the well-being of our neighbors. And um, yeah, how do you work that out in light of some of the concerns that you have? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, anything we can do to keep other people safe, it's absolutely our obligation before God to do that. Um, it, what, I guess my point was about there's a balance. There's a balance that society has already developed about yearly and how to handle the flu. Or like I remember the AIDS pandemic. I was, I was fairly young at the time, but I, I remember it very well. And for years, we didn't know how it was transmitted. We had no idea. Like, if, you know, people, I remember seeing on uh, some public service announcement on TV where they said drinking a, a water glass that somebody who had AIDS had drank from, you could get the virus. And, and it was a death sentence. It was very, very deadly at the time. That's not true, <laughs> right? But at the time, we just didn't shut down society, right? Um, people didn't sequester in their homes. And the, uh, what, I, what I want is for our, how, we, how we live out uh, um, loving our neighbor as ourselves based on the, on the facts. If it's not based on facts, that doesn't mean it's based on fear. It, it just means it's based on, it's just misguided. It's like, uh, it's like doing a medical practice that we know doesn't work anymore. Uh, you know, like people used to use leeches on the skin and we don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you don't use leeches, it doesn't mean you're not being loving. You know, it's just, for me, it's in that category is I want to do the things that are the most effective. And, and like when Roland said that we know now that if you're 65 older, you have comorbidity, underlying health conditions, you have a very high risk and it's, it's a high fatality for those people. So what that means is not that somehow, that, that, that doesn't minimize those people in any way. What that means is we now know who we need to do things as a society to protect. We need to put more resources toward helping those people. And I feel like we've really failed that, that at-risk population. So whatever works, uh, we need to be doing. Wearing masks is shown to help prevent the spread. You know, uh, 
things, uh, uh, how, how we admit patients to nursing homes, things like testing, uh, whatever work we need to be doing. And if it, if it doesn't work, uh, we need to assess the costs of that and see if, if it makes more sense, if it's more beneficial to you know, roll back some of those restrictions. And a lot of that's a new point because we've already started. Sure. A lot yeah. of states have opened up. Yeah. So Shane, you, you've talked about, I, I love the heart of, I trust the Lord and my, my life is in his hands. How, how are you working that out with, I'm also called to love my neighbor who um, may not be a follower of Jesus and have, you know, mm -hmm. hope for eternity, who may, um, may actually be more vulnerable than I am as a 40-year-old healthy person. Um, how are you working that out of, of really believing, I do trust my life and my family's life in the, in the Lord's hands, but I also know that I'm living in society or going to church where others may not feel the same way. How are you working that out for yourself and for your family? Well, I don't, I, I don't know exactly. Um, I mean, yes, I, I trust the Lord, but I'm washing my hands more than I ever have. I'm, you know, I'm still cautious. I'm, but I have a neighbor who is not a believer. Um, she would call herself she calls herself all kinds of things that are <laughs> not very flattering about her resistance to the truth. Um, and she's scared to death and she will not go anywhere. And she is frightened. So in a lot of ways, I've kind of taken my cues from her. Um, as she has sent me texts saying, I'm losing my mind. We talk, trying to meet her where she's at to figure out, I mean, I'm still honest with her. She knows that I'm still going to work every day. I call her and say, I know you don't want to go to the grocery store. Is there anything I can get for you? Um, you know, still trying to be myself. I can't be anybody else. Um, to be honest with her, where I feel I'm at and where the Lord is working in me. and But also trying to love her by respecting her boundaries and knowing where she's at and her fear and um, only going as far as she's willing to go. You know, if you want to meet me on the porch tonight so you can talk if you need to just Zoom. And so the one night she just wanted to cook <laughs> and have me on Zoom and talk to her while she was cooking. And so I did that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's times I took her cookies and said, I totally get it. If you are uncomfortable receiving these from us, put them straight in the trash. Um, but I, I'm thinking of you and I just want to express that to you. So I'm trying to be, well, and even other believers' friends. I've got one that has been very cautious and another that we've continued to do life with them as if they're our own family. So we have continued to, they're a small family and um, for our kids' well-being, <laughs> for them to still have some interaction, but another friend that is not comfortable doing that, we kept distance. Um, so trying to be mindful of where other people are at, mm -hmm. but still being me and um, to be loving them in that way and to be kind them in that way um 
And it's the very beginning. I mean, talking to my kids about, okay, we can't see our friends. So what can we do? Who can we bake for? That's my thing. I like to bake. So who can we, or what are, what families may nobody else think of that we could still take things to or so still trying to reach out in that way, understanding that some may not be comfortable accepting baked goods, you know, whatever. Um, but still trying to love people from a distance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sandy, how have you thought about the idea of what it means to love your neighbor right now? Well, well, I, um, I have felt the Lord um, calling me um, not only to pray for people, um, he's, I, he's calling me to pray for people every day. And, and that's really good. But I feel like he's, um, he's putting specific people on my mind um, and to text them mainly, um, call them sometimes, especially if they don't text. But um, I feel it's people on my mind to contact, uh, to reach out to, and to just kind of give them a message from, you know, the word, or um, even just to say, how you doing? How can I pray for you? It doesn't have to be um, monumental. It can be a very simple, how you doing? Mm -hmm. And that has created some um, really good conversations. And mm -hmm. I think it's a positive, simple way for those of us at home to have, you know, ministry to reach out to others. Roland, how about you? Thought, thoughts on what it means to love our neighbor these days. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of an introvert, so I'm pretty comfortable staying home and, and not having a lot of contact. But recently I've been thinking about how blessed I am to have um, even Cindy and Caleb around in the house. Um, when you think about people who don't have anybody else, they're, they're in their house alone all day long. Uh, those are the people that, that uh, really may need uh, somebody to call them, say hello, how you doing? Um, I, I can't say that I've done a good job of that, but I wanna be more aware of that. Uh, those people who aren't as blessed as I am with uh, people that I live with, the interactions that I have. Yeah. Well, I um, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question. It's just kind of come to me <laughs> over the course of conversation. Um, so we'll talk later about whether or not I should edit it out. But um, <laughs> I'm curious if you would be willing to be, uh, to be honest and transparent about what your thoughts were on um, on what the elders decided about these first couple of weeks. Um, so that's one question, that's one part of the question. And the second question is, as we are returning to, to church and as we expand, you know, who we are opening the doors to, do you have any thoughts about what that ought to look like? Um, Sandy, I think you've already touched on this a little, so we'll go ahead and start with you. What was what were some of your thoughts? And then as we are beginning to open up, what what would you like for that to look like? I was really impressed with what the elders did. I did not expect them 
to open that slowly. I, I felt in doing that, they were trying to express love for um, maybe the unhealthy, the older, um, the needy, um, which I respected. I ex would expect them to start opening up because seems, things seem okay so far. Mm -hmm. um, and even though I am not sure when I will be back personally, I don't think it'll be that long, um, I'm okay with others coming back. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, you can't come back for months on end. That's not my, my thought pattern. Um, to be honest, I am just praying for wisdom for the elders. I don't feel that smart. There's a reason the Lord says counselors are needed. Mm -hmm. The verse I feel like the Lord keeps sharing with me um, is Proverbs 27, 12. It's also 22, 3. He puts it in there twice. It says, prudence, see danger, and take refuge. And so um, I think the elders have seen that. I, I think they're trying to open wisely. I support them in that. And at the same time, if some choose because of um, their health um, to not join in yet, I respect that too. So I guess personally, I'm, I'm okay with them opening doors more and then letting those that don't feel like they should risk that yet, not coming. Mm -hmm. Sage, what about you? I, I was pleased that you've begun opening, uh, I guess, sort of the exact opposite. I, I, I guess I, guess I want to say, if, if you, I really do want you to be honest. If yeah. there are thoughts that you had, either you know, two months ago or whatever, of thoughts along the way here, I, I want you to be honest about your thoughts on that. We're, we, we knew as elders that um, we weren't trying to make people happy. <laughs> oh, we knew, oh yeah. we knew that wasn't going to happen anyways and we really wanted to seek the lord so if there were feelings that people had we want to hear those and so anyway uh what is uh sage is frozen with a with a smile there he is okay so just oh, yeah had a freeze there so <laughs> all that to say um please feel free to be honest about your thoughts here we're not we're, we that's why we're here so yeah i I couldn't do it otherwise. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to pretend. Uh, yeah, I, I was happy. And anything we do now at this point to loosen restrictions, I'm going to be happy with because I feel like that's supported by the data that we have. Um, I, I certainly understand having an abundance of caution. Um, and, you know, just like you can always say, okay, well, uh, the locking people down at home, it seems like that's unnecessary, but there's always a question, there's always a little uncertainty. Let's have an abundance of caution and, and take it slowly. I certainly understand that. Um, just based on, I guess, my confidence in what we know about the virus at this point, I'm just happy with any loosening of restrictions that we that you you decide on because mm -hmm. I, I not not for myself but because i i do feel like that's uh that that's warranted by the data that that's um that it's a reasonable position 
it, that it's not endangering anyone. I'll put it that way. I, I don't I don't think there's any danger in people coming to church and even um, whether they wear a mask or not. Um, I I would rather leave that up to them. And I know the church has taken has recommended that people wear a mask, but but you're not going to be necessarily tapping people on the shoulder and requiring them to wear a mask. Um, so I, I I agree with that. I think that's that's what I would say to do also. Shane, thoughts? Um, I was disappointed. It, it, to be honest, it, um, I couldn't wait to get back. And, and as you have said in several pilots' voices, um, the reality is even once we get back, it's going to be different and we're not going to be able to go back as, as normal as we had hoped and expected. Um, but it was a really, it was something I really had to wrestle with and have had some conversations about and um, mostly about, I have kids and I have youth and children that desperately want to go back to church. And I cried. Um, the idea of not being able to do that as a family and to have, if one of us goes, that the other one stay here. And to, I said, I'm grateful I have a husband that has more grace than I do, that he could explain it to my kids. Um, to have that conversation of why they can't come. And... Um, I think I would like to see, and, and honestly, that was one of the first comments today when we watched church of Josiah being there. And I totally get why he was there. But somebody looked to me and said, oh, he got in the door. <laughs> and I thought, okay, don't have it go there. Um, <laughs> so just feeling like yeah. In that respect, I would like the families to be able to worship together, whether that's every other few, um, to be able, those that have caution, those that don't want, we all have caution. I didn't mean it like that. Mm -hmm. Those that have concerns and feel that it's not safe, kind of as you said, Sandy, take your cues from what you're comfortable with and come when you feel you can. But those that feel like they need to be there and want to be there, do that um i mean we're going to continue to we met a good portion of our small group met in our home today and um and that was a sweet time of just being able to talk afterwards but i, I must say and even my husband said to one of the people in our small group that said they were coming to the church today he said i wish god told me i had to be there um because we just that's that's our longing we want to be we want to be back, that's home. That's, um, so all of that said, I trust you, I trust the elders, and continuing to pray for you, um, really feeling that the burden that you guys carry and the weight that you carry, and you're not going to be able to make everybody happy. And um, so, it, I mean, I was one of those. But at the same time, backing away from my emotion, thinking it through, seeing that 
no matter what, you're going to have people that didn't like whatever direction it went. So um, I trust, I, I love it that you are seeking the Lord and you're seeking his heart and you are asking him, what does he want you to do? And so in that, I, I submit and um, I'm continuing to pray for you and um, praying that God will speak to me, teach me, <laughs> and give me a heart, um, a, a greater heart to submit and to love in that way, even when it's not necessarily what I agree with or what I would want to do. Thanks, Jane. What about you, Roland? What were some of your thoughts about decisions we made about the first couple of weeks? And um, how would you like to see us moving forward? Well, I, I appreciated your, your cautiousness and uh, your uh, prayerfulness about taking it slow. Um, I, I think uh, we do have an, a large number of elderly people in our church and, and we, we've got to keep that in mind and anything that we decide to do. And, uh, and we also have a lot of children who really need to get back to being with each other and enjoying each other. But maybe uh, going forward, uh, we need to think about ways where we can keep the children who are too young to understand social distancing uh, away from our elderly people. Maybe uh, things like dropping them off at their classroom uh, when they arrive and when they pick them up, the parents pick them up, immediately leave rather than having them roaming around uh, the church freely. Yeah, that's that's one thought. Um, um, maybe uh, maybe giving some of the older teachers a break. The people who are fifty, sixty, and older, uh, having some younger teachers with the the younger children, mm -hmm. so there's less risk of an older person being exposed. Those those are the things that just kind of come off the top of my head, um, things we might consider. Yeah. Well, friends, thank you for, for this. I, I think it's been a good first conversation. Um, we've got, this isn't over right now. And uh, we have, have weeks and months and, and maybe even years ahead of us where we're gonna have to be making decisions about, about what we're doing and how to do it. And uh, so to you and to the rest of Broadway Christian Church, this is a, this is a first conversation together about, um, about how we seek to be faithful and to maintain the unity that we have at Broadway. Um, I, am, I am committed uh, to um, do what God has called me to do as a pastor, to keep the flock together. And uh, it has, has grieved me to just, as I'm talking with people, um, you know, sensing just the frustration and, um, and uh, hurt and all of that. And I, I, I think we just need to bring that open into the light and to begin talking about it. And we don't need to, um, we, we know that 
Jesus is Lord and we can, we can trust that. And so as we talk with one another and seek to love each other in that conversation, uh, good things can happen. So with that in mind, I'm going to pray for us and for our church. So. Lord, we are grateful to you for who you are. And we thank you for your presence in our lives. Uh, I thank you for each of these brothers and sisters of mine who are willing to open up and to share uh, their heart today. Um, and I, I pray for your church as a whole, for all of us at Broadway, that you would bind us together, that this would be an opportunity of a demonstration of greater unity among us. Even in our diverse opinions and thoughts about what's happening right now, that we would together uh, submit to the Lordship of Jesus. So we pray for our leaders. Uh, we pray for um, our, our seniors. We pray for our children who are confused and don't understand what's happening. Uh, Lord, I pray you would bring your presence and your understanding um, to, to each of those groups of people. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, friends. Peace. Thank you, Ryan. Bye.